Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul, and it's the seventh day of July. We are in Mark chapter 12. We get into the 28th verse today where a scribe comes to Jesus and questions him. This is a fascinating text, and it leads to Jesus teach. He answers the question. We'll get to it in a minute. He answers a question. Then he teaches in the temple regarding some things the scribes say. And then he turns and warns his audience about the scribes. Okay, this is a fascinating way for Mark to handle this passage because Jesus is now in the third of a trilogy of confrontations that encompass the 12th chapter. This is something we haven't really brought out in this chapter because there's so many things when you are in these kind of studies to bring out. You maybe got to do them in waves. What I mean by the final in a trilogy, if you look at the overview of Mark 12, this is why, and I don't want to sound like you know, the old man on the porch here, but this is why the digital versions of reading your Bible are not always beneficial to seeing these things laid out. Because most of the time, if you're dealing with a digital version, you're either on an iPhone or an iPad, some sort of screen, and you're seeing a little bit of the text, and it's convenient, and it's great, and I understand I use it all the time. I'm, I, I'm guilty as anybody else. But I do like to look at the hard copy because I like to see the page laid out with maybe a two chapters or three whole chapters laid out in front of me. And if you get a decent reference Bible that has page breaks or, or topic breaks, you might be able to pick up on some of these things. So let me give you a little idea what's hard to see in the digital rendering. Mark 12, 13, Jesus is confronted by Pharisees and Herodians. That's, do we pay taxes? Render to Caesar what's Caesar's. Then, Mark 12, 18, Jesus is confronted by Sadducees. What about the resurrection? Then, Mark 12, 28, Jesus is confronted by a scribe. And a scribe is someone who we might in another text call a lawyer. This is someone who is a student of of Scripture, Torah. And they were widely regarded as the probably the most skilled men of Scripture in the world of that day because they spent their lives investigating Scripture. And in the true uh, Greek philosophical tradition, they sat and discussed them. They shot ideas back and forth. They wrestled out meanings. One of those scribes comes to Jesus in Mark 12, 28, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, this is in regards to his Pharisee and his Sadducee questions, the pay taxes and the resurrection, he asked him, what's the first commandment of all? Or really, better in the Greek, what's the foremost commandment? So we know we're not talking chronological. The question is not asked in a manner of which commandment came first, but rather, 
which is the greatest. Some of your translations might even say what's the greatest commandment of law. Now, before I give you Jesus' answer, which you know his answer, but I want to give you what he doesn't do, which seems like pretty low-hanging fruit. He doesn't choose one of the Ten Commandments. I mean, it even seems like a good place to start would be, um, you know, thou shalt have no other gods before me, or thou shalt not make unto thyself any graven image. Doesn't choose one of the Ten doesn't choose one of the ten because the way Paul frames the Ten Commandments in Romans is that they are simply the details, for lack of a better word, of the two greatest commandments. Because Paul will use an opportunity in Romans 13 to list off the same two that Jesus is about to list off, which tells us, and Paul doesn't have Jesus' teachings in front of him, But it tells us, Paul being a good Hebrew scholar, knows how to answer a Hebrew question about the law. It shows us that Jesus is a good Hebrew. Jesus, without the university training that Saul brings to the table, will give the same answer that Saul will give, which tells me that this is the answer that is wrestled out by scribes as well. So Jesus really just gives them the exact answer that they expect. There's not this big turmoil right here or conflict in the way Jesus answers. But there is something that stands out in my opinion. When I think of commandments, I almost always think of thou shalt not. I rarely think of thou shalt. Yet, when you look at Genesis, the first commandment that God gives in the Bible is not don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil lest you die. The first commandment is be fruitful and multiply. God's heart is not don't. God's heart is do. We think of commandments in the negative. We almost always think of them in the negative. But when God, when Jesus answers the question, what are the greatest commandments? The first of all is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, you'll love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment greater than these. Now, I'm not even really going to talk about these today. I'm going to save that for tomorrow. I just wanted to show you that they're they're do. They're not don'ts. Do love God. Do love your neighbor. Even in John, John, when Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, it's not a new commandment I give you, don't do this. It's a new commandment I give you, love one another as I've loved you. Once again, a do commandment, not a don't. So if you, when you hear about the commandments of God, if you think in the negative, you're thinking like a legalist. If you think in the positive, you're thinking the heart of God. Even to Israel, his commandment, his number one and number two commandment were not don'ts, they were do. Now, I want to get into those two and how they relate to Torah and how they relate to Christianity. And we'll start that work tomorrow as well as tell you the sermon coming up on Sunday. God bless.